Everyone has a story. Stories of adversity. Stories of perseverance. Stories of accomplishments. And maybe even stories that will make others laugh. No matter the story, we can be inspired and motivated by them. Most of all, we can learn from them. This is the Big Peach Ride Run Podcast, hosted by me, Dave D2 Martinez. And I want to hear your story. Welcome to the Big Peach Ride Run Podcast. And yes, it is D2, your host. And man, it is spring. Uh, it is warming up. And uh, yeah, we've hit a couple days where it's hit uh, high 70s, even 80. And as I'm recording this, we got a little bit of a cold uh, temperature kind of coming through. It'll our cooler temps again. So we're still in that spring. Um, definitely a lot of pollen out there. I know many of you are probably suffering. Luckily, I'm not one that is greatly impacted by pollen. Um, so I'm lucky that I could do that. I can go out running in a park and any, you know, on trails and not really suffer anything, but I do get that sort of kind of like, you know, pollen does get in the back of my throat and does affect a little bit of my breathing, but, uh, no severe allergies. So, uh, I am one of the lucky ones, uh, but uh, yes, welcome to spring. It's great to be out there enjoying the bit of warmer weather. And uh, if you're out there, uh, you're probably wishing at some point, especially if you're in the, you know, running 70 degree weather, that it might be feeling a little bit warm out there, warmer than what you're used to. It might be wishing for those cooler or colder temps, but uh, just remember to hydrate. Um, as we get started on this episode, there's a couple things I want to kind of uh, get into before we get into our guest. Um, so, you know, I was out on the Atlanta Beltline about a month ago. I got my gravel bike and I wanted to test it out and was out there and noticed that um, there was some, started some construction and now officially um, some of those areas are closed. So let me go over um, with you. If you haven't been out there or, uh, or you plan to go out there, know that there's some sections there where are probably going to be completely closed off because there's been areas where I've been out there in the past and and you'd had to had to get a detour or cut your you know uh, distance short because I used to run from the west side, you know from um, um, from uh, the uh, yeah west end where Wild Heaven Brewing is and Monday Night Garage and then run all the way up to Piedmont Park and back to get a nice long run, typically around 12 to 13 miles on relatively flat, uh, you know, uh, terrain where, you know, not a lot of hills. So great for that, you know, if you want to avoid hills, that was one place that you could do it. Um, but that has been, you know, uh, under construction now. And so the Northwest Beltline, which is the area, uh, North of Piedmont Park that heads behind Ainsley Mall, that area is currently closed. I was out there, saw the, the construction, tried to see if I could get away around it, but because of the rain, it was a muddy mess, just red clay, um, and it just, you, you can't really get through it. So uh, stay away from, from that area. Um, yeah, the Piedmont Park South to um, all the way down to Glenwood Park is open. They just broke ground on that section called the South Side Trail, which is that uh, it's going to connect Glenwood Park all the way to Grand Park. So from Glenwood, uh, let's see, I'm looking at the map here, from um, Glenwood Avenue down to Boulevard, that area uh, is under construction. So previously you could run that whole uh, you know area on the south side <clears throat> and you can't do that anymore. So there's only a couple sections where it's still open from Pittsburgh Yards all the way up to Boulevard, and that may be the next area that is uh, that will uh, go into construction. Still, no date on that side, but the uh, South Side Trail 
um, from Boulevard heading up north to Glenwood Avenue, um, uh, just south of I-20. That is now closed. The other area that's closed that they broke ground as well is on the west side uh, trail. So that side is from Washington Park. And I, I remember um, it, you know, that was paved. And then you hit kind of like this nice little kind of bit of single track for maybe about a mile or so. Um, that area is now closed, is under construction, um, and that uh, path there will take you uh, very close to Westside Park and other connecting trails there. So I'll have links to maps and to any of the press releases and news about that, but know that if you're heading out there uh, and you haven't been out there a while, those sections may be closed. So just interesting uh, notes is that um, you know, right now they're saying at least on the Northwest Trail Beltline, the final seven miles are under construction. Uh, currently, uh, 9.3 miles of the 22-mile loop is currently completed. So they're making good progress on that. They do have 10.3 miles of connector trails to the Beltline loop. Those have been completed. So we're making progress. Um, and you know, it's, it's great that all those areas will be connected and you'll be able to, um, you know, bike and run or walk, you know, safely through those areas. Um, but at the same time, I'm going to miss those sections where we're previously, you know, gravel and unpaved, especially, you know, if you're, you know, in a gravel biking, want to get some in-town gravel, uh, sections, those are going to end up being, uh, paved. Uh, so keep that, uh, you know, in mind, like I said, I'll have all that in the show notes. And interesting, uh, as well, speaking of biking, there's, uh, right now it's the spring and, and, you know, cycling is, is, is right now, uh, has geared up and it's in full swing in Europe. And, uh, coming up this week, we've got the, uh, on April 8th, uh, what's known as hell of the North, we got the Paris Roubaix Femmes, which is the women's race. And it's, uh, and the men's race starts on the following day. Um, uh, that's a Sunday, April 9th. And that is through the cobblestones, um, that, uh, route that leads from, uh, you know, from, uh, Paris to Roubaix, obviously based on the name. And it's one of the hardest, uh, you know, courses out there because a lot of it is on cobblestones. So it's a mix of cobblestones, some gravel, um, and, and road, um, temperatures are typically cold and it's wet, but it's, uh, definitely for, uh, to be on a road bike on a very bumpy type of, uh, you know, uh, terrain is not easy. And it's definitely for those uh, that are going to be, uh, you know, tougher. So, um, you know, keep an eye out for that. Uh, if you're, if you, you know, I don't, I believe NBC will be airing maybe some highlights of it. If not, catch it on YouTube because it's a really, really exciting race. One of the classics, one of the spring classics when it comes to cycling and, uh, you know, it just sort of, uh, shows you how tough some of these competitors out there. The other thing that I kind of want to wrap up and it's going to lead into our guests is that, uh, a, a week or two ago, we featured some products, um, you know, and we, uh, announced some products that we were, uh, you know, had in stock at, uh, in our stores, uh, to kind of highlight what we call now, uh, safety week, you know, run safer week. And, you know, we've done it in the past, typically in the fall, as we switch from, you know, uh, you know, as we fall back and, and the days get shorter, primarily around, you know, lights and, uh, and just being, you know, visible. But, you know, you know, I think it's important anytime, um, as whether you're a runner, a cyclist, a walker, especially if you're out there on your own, to be aware of your surrounding and to have a variety of things that, you know, can make you feel safe. 
um, be protected. You know, we actually had a self-defense class um, actually in two of our locations um, at different types uh, points uh, so far this year. So if we have more, keep an eye out for that and, and we'll post it in our uh, newsletter. But, you know, we have a new product called Go Guarded Ring and the Go Guarded Handheld with Pepper Spray. And what's unique about these products is the ring you wear on any of your fingers and it does, it's one size, but it comes with a couple little uh, sizing options to make sure it's secure. But it is a, a plastic uh, ring that uh, has a uh, kind of a serrated point at the end of it that extends to your uh, out towards your finger. And it's got like a kind of a rubber kind of a protective sheath over it with the idea being that if you were to be attacked, you know, that you could curl up your finger and this, um, you know, ring would have that point extended and provide you at least some way of defending yourself, protecting yourself and, you know, hopefully um, disabling, you know, the attacker, scaring off the attacker, injuring the attacker and, giving you an opportunity to run, escape, and have the attacker run away. It's unfortunate that these products have to exist um, and that as runners you may need them, but it's a good idea to have. I'll have links for that also in the show notes. Um, you can find it on our website. Um, it's called Go Guarded Ring. There's also another product called the Go Guarded Handheld Pepper Spray, and basically this um, it's, uh, you know, obviously pepper spray with a strap that, um, you hold, you get strapped to your hand, but with a point, the same type of, um, you know, um, serrated plastic, um, you know, um, you know, edge and, and, and sharp, uh, point is now pointed downward from your arm. So you can run, you know, um, with it along your side, but always have it with you so that if you needed to use it, you would have pepper spray, uh, available, um, you know, at your thumb and then the pointy serrated edge available should you need to strike someone with a downward force with your hand. So interesting products. Um, I think, uh, you know, we did have a couple people that were interested in them and I know we sold uh, a few of them um, once we announced them. And then another one that is, I think, uh, I, I would recommend that everyone carry this because this is you know, uh, good. It's, it's, it's not really a self-defense, but more of that, um, you know, uh, kind of a bit more, I would say passive, but what it does is it's, uh, it's, it's a Nathan safer run ripcord alarm. And what you can do is you have this alarm, uh, attached maybe to your waist, you know, it could be your shorts, a belt, um, and then it has a, a, a string attached to it that when you pull on it, it uh, will uh, uh, release a 120 decibel alarm. And it's, you know, 120 decibels, just for reference, is as loud as an ambulance. And what that does is it allows, uh, you know, one, it'll scare your attacker away because it's really loud, but it also alerts other people within the area that, you know, there's an event, something going on, and that they should probably investigate or at least you know, know that something's going on and, and, and draws attention to you if that's something that, uh, you know, you're in a, put in a situation. Like I said, it's an alarm, could scare people away, it's a deterrent. Um, so something, and like I said, have that all that in the show notes. So that brings me into um, the topic of our uh, episode today. We have a, um, you know, Carly Harrison. And although her situation is a bit different, it, it, it is about runner safety. 
and just being aware and some other things that we can do because it's not just about someone attacking us um, or, 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 um, or endangering us in any way um, by, a, by a threat. You know, um, but it is also being alert, being visible um, to vehicles, um, and uh, as as a driver, you know, being alert to runners and cyclists. But as a runner, as a pedestrian, as as a cyclist, being aware of surroundings and aware of traffic situations and vehicles around us. So Carly, um, you know, is a graduate of Lasseter High School up in uh, Marietta. Uh, graduated class of uh, 2019. And she was a runner. She had just got started running, and she'll tell us all about this and her kind of her background. But she ended up getting a scholarship for cross country and track to Reinhardt University, which is just north of Atlanta, up in uh, Canton, Georgia. And she's currently in her senior year. But this past winter, in December of 2022, she was struck by a vehicle while running. And so she shares this story uh, and a little bit of a recovery. You know, luckily, you know, she you know, it's still too early to tell whether she'll make a full recovery. Um, you know, she is alive. She is mobile. She's still going through some occupational therapy. Um, you know, she did, um, when she was struck, um, you know, did, you know, impact her head and, and, you know, had some, um, I can't remember exactly what she called it, but it was a severe injury to, to the head, uh, maybe a, a bit of a concussion, uh, as of right now, no, um, you know, um, head severe head trauma or at least no brain injury. Um, but you know, she's still suffering from things that, uh, you know, like vertigo, some side effects and, and some of the, um, things that occurred due to that accident. And of course that uh, accident is still being investigated. Details are still forthcoming, uh, as far as, you know, the driver, but it is one of those things that as a, um, you know, as a runner, sometimes we feel that, you know, just because we have the light and just because, you know, we have the right of way, we may proceed into an intersection. And what we need to do is not assume that just because we have the right of way that, um, that everything's good and that we will be, you know, unharmed. Um, we need to take that extra step, uh, to, uh, you know, evaluate the surroundings, um, uh, look at the drivers and look at any potential dangers that may come our way. Um, because everyone, you know, regardless of, of the situation deserves to come home from a run or from a bike ride or just walking their dog or just walking for, for exercise, um, make it back to their home and make it back to their loved ones. So she shares this story. She's also partnering up with a nonprofit organization called the Litzy uh, 43 Foundation. Um, they have a 5K in August. We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, in the episode. But, you know, we also, you know, like I said, it's about driver safety. It's being aware. It's about not being distracted while driving. Um, and, and just knowing that, you know, we're all human beings out there and, you know, our lives are, are precious and we really need to do the best that we can to, uh, make sure that, you know, that, that we come back, you know, from our run, from an outing, you know, whether it's in a car, whether it's, it's, you know, out, you know, a sidewalk on a road. Um, and, you know, I can't imagine, you know, being a driver and then causing this type of injury to a, a fellow human being and what that would do to, you know, my own mental state. So, um, you know, that's what this episode is about. So she shares her story, kind of what she's kind of been going through. Um, maybe you can learn something about it as well. Um, and we'll have Carly Harrison right after this break. 
At Big Peach Running Company, we take pride in listening to your needs. We take into account the shape of your feet, previous injuries, and activity level to guide you to comfortable shoes for your feet. Whether you're a runner, walker, fitness enthusiast, or simply need comfortable shoes to wear, we offer the best customer experience in the friendliest environment. It's no wonder we've been voted one of the best running stores in America by our fans. Visit any of our nine Big Peach Running Company locations for a free fit assessment and video gate analysis. Go to BigPeachRunningCompany.com to learn more. Welcome back, everyone. So uh, today on the podcast, I have Carly Harrison, um, a local here uh, from uh, Marietta, Georgia, a graduate, um, graduated uh, Lasher High School in 2019. And she reached out uh, to us here uh, and had a story to share and something that I feel is going to raise awareness and let others know kind of not only about her story, but other things that we can do to be safer uh, on the street, both as pedestrians, as runners, as even cyclists, um, but also uh, a lot of us, most of us, all of us probably drive a vehicle. So how can we help, um, you know, and be aware of our surroundings uh, as a participant of the sport, but also as someone who uh, is also behind the wheel of a vehicle and uh, look out for others um, so that we're all in a safe environment because that's what Carly's here to talk about. So welcome, Carly, um, you know, to the podcast. And uh, tell us first, let's start off a, a bit with kind of, you know, uh, your athletic accomplishments at Lasser High School because you did get a scholarship to Reinhardt University. So let's let's pick up there. Hi, Dave. So I um, started running in high school, actually. I didn't have much experience before that. Um, I gave to something I wanted to give a try, and I ended up being on varsity for all four years of high school. Um, was an average runner, nothing crazy, 21-minute 5K, 22-minute 5Ks. Um, really loved the long distances. We traveled for some races in Florida, uh, some in Alabama. And uh, by junior year of high school, it was something that I felt that I was very interested in t to continue through college. Um, so, um, you know, I talked to some of my coaches, started reaching out to some smaller schools. You know, I wasn't interested in anything too big, just, you know, wanted to continue running competitively and stuff. And my senior year, I, you know, came in contact with Reinhardt, uh, former coach Jordan Turner. We really hit it off well, um, started here and, you know, drastically saw my times drop. It was truly like amazing. You know, sometimes, you, you know, as a runner, you're like, you know, you've been running three or four years. You're like, oh, I'm kind of stuck at this time or running this distance. But, you know, I became a 19 minute 5 k -er. wow. I was running the 10K. I was, you know, becoming, you know, all conference. I was, you know, winning some awards. And, you know, I was getting pretty serious, running really longer distances, and I was just completely blown away. Um, you know, my career took off and, you know, definitely wasn't what I expected, but I was so grateful, you know, to have a new opportunity that taught me how to become a better runner. Well, that's awesome because, um, you know, a lot of times when I, I you know, I, I'm under the impression that anyone that kind of ran in, in high school and got a, you know, scholarship, you had to go to college and run it in college, that they had a longer, deeper background in running. So interesting to find out that you picked it up, you know, I would say almost fairly recently and that you had this, I guess, natural talent 
that, uh, you know, there was a coach uh, there, as you said, that uh, helped you kind of develop that to really kind of find your potential. Um, What were your kind of plans, you know, as far as what were you thinking long term? I mean, once you start seeing that, you know, your time's getting, you know, faster, you know, and you were kind of that 5K, 10K, did you have any aspirations as to what was going to happen in the future or what your goals were that you were setting into the future? So my coach had a talk with me in my junior year, uh, end of sophomore, junior year. You know, I should be aiming to run half marathons, maybe a marathon. You know, he said, you know, I have really good endurance. You know, I wasn't much of a speed runner, couldn't really run a good 800 or a mile. But, you know, the longer we got, the faster I got. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was telling me, like, you know, you should really you should focus on the longer distances, you know, you would be really good at that. And, you know, I was getting really excited and, um, you know, we were getting ready to make decisions on, you know, training for half marathon, marathon, et cetera. That's awesome. Yeah. I I would have thought that that was probably going to be the natural progression. Um, even if it wasn't right away, I figured, you know, within a few years uh, post college, that that would probably be something that you would be eyeing on, just based on the distances that you were doing. So, you know, we've covered that, and and you you know you you've had a, a you know pretty good success, and then it sort of kind of guess the unfortunate kind of happened. Tell us what happened, um, you know, uh, in December of 2022. So this is fairly recently. I mean, we're talking, you know, less than six months ago. Oh yeah. So. Um... Uh, our fall semester just ended. Um, Cross country season had ended about a few weeks ago. Um, a lot of us like to stay on campus over break to train. Um, you know, just easy routes, just you know, stuff you're you're familiar with. We've done it before. Um, it was just a normal uh, Friday morning. You know, I was gonna go on a little you know shake out before I head home for like a family event and whatever. And I was, you know, crossing the street on a crosswalk and, um, you know, I was struck by a vehicle. Um, I don't remember what happened. I don't remember, you know, 20 minutes before it happened, but, you know, the witnesses, you know, were there, they saw what happened, uh, got hit and I went over on top of the vehicle and landed on my head, um, was transported to the hospital I uh, went to Kennestone, you know, you know, uh, I guess they thought it was, you know, way more serious than what it looked like at first. And then, you know, they were starting saying other stuff was wrong. Like there was a hole in my lung. There was something in my head that was messed up. There was, you know, I broke my leg in half. Uh, all this other stuff they started, you know, finding, I ended up spending a good, you know, good month in the hospital, basically. Um, it, it was hard to heal at first from something like that. I've never, um, you know, have never had an injury before, even as like a runner, like, you know, the common injuries you get, like I've never even had, you know, shin splints. I've never even broken a bone. So this was something, you know, not familiar with the pain, not familiar with, um, you know, I got, you know, got really sick in the hospital, you know, as, as one would, you know, in December, COVID, you know, just different things kept appearing. And I was finally like able to go home and, you know, just things were different. So, um, 
some things, you know, become chronic, some things are healing, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that, you know, you, you would never expect until I guess it happens to you. So based on, uh, you know, when you went out running, were you running by yourself or were, were you with other people as far as any teammates or friends? Um, at that moment, because it was the beginning of the run, I was by myself. We were all kind of around and stuff. Um, I was literally like from the, it was from like the crosswalk from the gym to the beginning of campus. So I was only supposedly running for about 30 seconds before it happened. So it's not like I was like three miles into a run. Mm -hmm. I was just starting out. So, but I was alone when the initial hit happened. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, you, you said you didn't, you don't remember what happened prior to it um, or, you know, during that, you know, because you did land, you had, you know, were you diagnosed with a brain type of injury as well or concussion? So they threw a lot of terms around at first, but, you know, by the time they saw things start to progress, you know, after some days after they kind of ruled it as like severe concussion, borderline severe head injury. Um, I did develop a form of a vertigo condition due to the head injury. Um, so there was things that kept showing up that they were like, oh, you know, this isn't what we thought. I um, I did like split my head open, but, you know, that's something they were able to fix. You know, I had a good surgery that fixed up a couple dents and divots from that. But other than that, um, yeah, I would say severe concussion, borderline severe head injury. Mm-hmm. And have you been given sort of kind of an all clear right now where things normal or there are there still some residual type of symptoms from uh, the injuries? So uh, the only thing residual that's chronic would be the vertigo condition. There's not much they can really do for that. I mean, some some PT for that can help, but they did say that's just something, you know, you'll get used to, which I have gotten used to. Um, I am doing occupational therapy currently to just, which I just started about last week to just start, you know, fixing some strength issues, some, you know, motor skills, just doing things normal again. So I'm kind of in the all clear now, you know, we're on the good end of it now. So, so from what you've been told by witnesses, because you can't recall, you know, you were struck by a vehicle and that in itself is, is, you know, I would say, you know, you know, scary and, and jarring and, you know, probably something you don't want to relive. But as far as police reports and, and witness statements, you know, what was the reason that you were, you know, was it a, a driver that wasn't paying attention, a driver that, that was making a turn, you know, obviously you don't remember, so you can't, we, I can't you know, ask you whether, you know, you saw the individual or whether, you know, where you were at as far as in the middle of the road or the crosswalk, but based on what statements were given, can you share a little bit of what that scenario and how that contributed to, you know, your, your injuries? Yes. So we did actually figure out pretty recently the, um, you know, the answer to that question, actually. Um, so the car behind, so it was a Subaru that hit me. So the car behind the Subaru and then the car across coming the other way. 
said that they uh, saw me coming like on the sidewalk. So they both, the both of those cars slowed down. Um, and then in their witness reports, they said that they saw the Subaru speed up to try to like beat me from, you know, like when you try to run a red light, like, mm-hmm. or a yellow light to red, like you're trying to just beat it. Right. Uh, they said that they saw the car extremely accelerate when, you know, while I was still going that direction. And uh, the woman behind him, you know, stated that like she like completely slowed down and stopped because she saw me coming as far as the truck as well. So, you know, just, you know, I guess someone in a rush, someone in a hurry, mm-hmm. but also like, you know, probably not, you know, in the best thinking state while doing that, but uh, that was what we were told. Mm-hmm. And as far as, you know, has was a driver charged with anything? Um, all that information we're still figuring out um, with some, you know, obvious lawsuits and whatever. But um, uh, in the beginning of the whole thing, like in December, they did rule it as a hit and run first because of uh, he didn't stop at first. And no one like knew where he went or found him and then whatever. But right now they're still trying to figure all that out but basically like i mean it's not really looking good for this guy right so yeah i mean the fact that he left the scene is already you know not in his favor yeah okay um well it seems like there's a lot of you know uh still the investigation is open and court proceedings so you probably can't discuss a lot of that stuff because you know lawyers and everything so there's not a whole lot of details that you can probably share so um so Kind of, you know, one of the things that you mentioned was that, you know, um, you're now unable to run. Is that, you know, I mean, what is your physical status? I mean, right now as we're speaking, you're, you're obviously seated, but, you know, and, and you mentioned you've been given the all clear. Are you, you know, are you mobile or can you walk? Are you able to, you know, um, you know, are, are you on crutches or, you know, you said you broke your leg as well. So how's, how's that? So I was on crutches and, you know, a boot, a cane, like for a really, really long time. But currently I'm, you know, walking. Um, the main reason why I'm doing the uh, occupational therapy is because I have a really, like, slight imbalance of, like, muscle from, like, because I hit the left side of my head and it affected, like, my arm and my leg. So my, like, left side is very... Um, weak and isn't really keeping up as well with my right side Mm. so it's just harder to like do things you know because I'm getting extra tired or something because my like I lost a lot of muscle then I have like an imbalance of muscle um my leg is doing good it's just the same thing it's you know really weak you know don't have that runner's calf going on anymore so right so is there, is it something that doctors told you that you would never be able to run again? Or is that something right now that's still too early to even tell? So it's definitely a little early. Um, we just have to see how everything is healing and as well as like if the vertigo would become an issue. We're not exactly sure if uh, exercise as, you know, blood flow could trigger that. Um, but as far as like, you know, living and stuff like good you know good outcome and whatever but um i don't they're not exactly sure what it you know if running or if like intense exercise could trigger something and they're not really sure um 
they said probably after like occupational therapy when, you know, I'm a little more balanced out and stuff and maybe have some like fatigue under control, but you know, it would, it definitely would be great again to be able to do that if, if I, you know, if I wanted to, for sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, considering you, you, you were seeing some, you know, uh, you know, not some, but some big improvements in your running ability and getting faster and had these aspirations to go longer distances. I would feel that, uh, you know, probably a little disappointed that, you know, you wouldn't be able to run, uh, especially if it's something that you enjoy doing. And I know that there's a lot of runners out there who would probably feel the same way that, it's probably their one release that they get. The one thing that they get to enjoy is to go out for a run um, to reduce, you know, you know, any type of stress or just for mental health. So to not be able to do that, I, I would feel that that would be something that would be probably disappointing, especially for someone that had, you know, ran in college and, you know, had a, such a promising career. So I was, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully you'll get back to running. I, I do think it's still probably, as you said, a, a bit early to truly understand where you are in your recovery and whether you'll make a full recovery and to what extent, you know, if it's not a full recovery that you'll be able to at least enjoy running again. But it does seem that you are, you know, are able to function normally and, and walk and, and, and do all those things still with, like I said, with things like, you know, symptoms like, you know, vertigo and stuff. So, you know, one of the things that you wanted to talk on the on the podcast is sort of like now you're you know because of this, um, and also you said there was also uh, a, another uh, colleague that I believe died. Um, so tell us a little bit more about that, and we'll get into you know kind of that'll tr- help transition into kind of the advocacy work you're doing. Um, so tell us a little bit about that. So this so last March. Um, the school university of Milligan, which is like in our conference in Tennessee. Um, there was three of the boys going out for like a pre-race jog type thing. And, uh, they were all hit by a car, but one of them actually died. Um, it was wild. Like the whole like conference was just completely shocked. We were all just like, you know, we've seen this guy, we've talked to him. He's a good athlete. Um, And like, you know, at that time, like last year, I was just like, that is just absolutely awful. Like, that is just crazy. Like, you know, that's, that's something that shouldn't happen to athletes, you know? And it was just, yeah, it was just really sad. Um, And then, you know, after this December with everything, you know, he was, he was someone I was thinking about because like, I honestly got lucky compared to him, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because and, you know, his friends that were with him did get lucky as well. But it's just like, you know, that's something you never, you know, it's something you never forget. Like, you know, your day, like you think it's a normal day, something like that happens. Things never go back to normal. But, you know, I think that's why spreading awareness is so important. And not only for athletes, but for drivers. I mean, technology has become so crazed these days. People, you know, can't wait to send a text message, check an email, you know, I get it, but it's like, you know, you can look down for a second and something, you know, you could crash your car, like something just crazy could happen, could really, really change your life in a bad way. And, you know, you know, pedestrians getting hit by cars is like, you know, it's something that shouldn't happen. You know, you have, you have 
you know, crosswalks for a reason. You have pedestrian signs with mm-hmm. buttons and everything. So it's like this, the way that it's still happening is just, it's really, it's really sad to see, you know, and it's progressing and it's, it's really hard to, you know, imagine that like, Sports are becoming bigger. Cross country in Georgia is becoming bigger, especially in East Cobb. And it's it could be, you know, it can be dangerous if people aren't paying attention. No, absolutely. I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, obviously it's something that I, I think, you know, we, you know, hope will never happen to anyone we know or even to ourselves as runners. Um, and it's unfortunate that it does happen. It's one of those things we never really, I guess, really want to think about ever happening. Um, but you're right in the sense of the distracted drivers. It's, it's something that, you know, obviously there's, there's laws in place now as far as texting while driving. But at the same time, you know, I'm driving on the road and I see people, you know, um, you know yeah. holding their phone. And it's, it's definitely the law says hands-free. You can have your phone, but you ha- it has to be hands-free. It has to be mounted someplace. Um, and people are holding it to their ear, holding it out in front of them. And all they need to do is purchase, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, a, a device that will mount the phone to their dashboard, to their window, something in order to, you know, to comply with state, you know, state law. But yet I see that. And I wonder at times, you know, to what extent those laws are being enforced by law enforcement, you know, uh, police and, you know, highway patrol, um, so, you know, obviously this is something that's really important to you and you share that you are, um, partnering up with the, uh, let's see 43 foundation. So tell us about that and, um, you know, what are the, the things that we can learn from, from this organization? I know you also said that there's a 5k in August. So tell us about the work and how you're being involved with, uh, let's see 43. So, Philip Lutzenkirchen went to Lassiter, um, and when a good amount of us were in middle school, when he was playing and like collegiately and almost professionally and everything, uh, he, you know, he made a mistake. He went into the car with someone who was drinking while he was drinking, and you know, you know, it didn't, you know, didn't turn out well. He lost his life. Um, very unfortunately, and the Let's See 43 Foundation is teaching people, especially drivers and young adults, to learn from his mistakes, you know, to do better, to not make those decisions that people are making. And um, it's, I mean, it's really, it's really positive, really great, uh, you know, talk about, you know, safe driving. And it's something that when we were, you know, at Lasseter, by the time we were all there, um, you know, it was pretty big, you know, the, the 5Ks, the, just the events, um, just the flyers, just the social media, like everyone was aware about it. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was something, you know, very powerful because it shows you that you can, you know, you could be like live the greatest life ever and you can make one mistake and it can really, it can change everything. And I think that's why. I really love, um, let's see, 43 is the way they, you know, they teach people that, yes, you know, he made a mistake. So that's why all of you guys need to do better so that you don't make the same mistake. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, it looks like they have a lot of different events. I'm on their website, which is just let's see, 43.org. So it's L-U-T-Z-I-E 
org if you want to learn more about uh, you know th- their programs. Um, looks like they have a lot of different events um, you know going on now and even into April. It seems like they always have something kind of going on, which is great. I have to admit I've never heard of this organization. I've lived here in Atlanta for you know over twenty years. And uh, even the 5K, I've never heard of the of the 5K. So um, you said that's in, that's in August, and yes. and so that's going to raise awareness. Um, do you know how how many years the 5K has been in existence? I think it's been it's been over like eight nine years. Like oh. it's been going on, and it slowly has become bigger and bigger. Like it's been truly amazing to see more and more people come together. You know, signing up supporting the foundation. It's been great. Well, yeah, before we uh, turned the mics on and started the, 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 uh, the podcast, I did mention uh, to Carly that, you know, we have a, lo- a store in, in, uh, in East Cobb, our Marietta location, and, you know, they typically have partnered up with Lasseter, and I can't recall whether they have done anything in the past, but I will definitely make a point of getting our store team at our East Cobb location partnered up with and connected with Carly and the Let's See 43 Foundation um, so that we can, you know, help promote the race, help promote awareness um, um, for this cause and, uh, and get more people out there, um, you know, thinking about just, you know, driving, uh, you know, uh, you know, being more aware of the surroundings, being safer, taking time to, um, you know, uh, you know, be to see people, drivers and cyclists and pedestrians, because I do think that, yes, the, the distracted driving is, is a problem. And that could happen, like you said, someone just looking down, taking their eyes off the road for a few seconds could be a, a mistake that could you know, take someone's life, including their own. Uh, on top of that, in like in, in your case, you mentioned um, that it seemed like the driver was trying to beat a light, you know, that maybe they were in a rush. And so that's where I think where I, I do see a lot of, uh, of more accidents happening because they're um, mistiming, you know, thinking that they can make a light, thinking that they could, you know, pass someone, thinking that, oh, well, that car that's turning, I'm sure I can get by them before, the, you know, they, they enter the intersection. Um, and you have to, I think, really ask yourself that by saving a few seconds, by speeding up, by running a, a, a yellow light or a red light, uh, trying to pass someone, is that worth you know what you then have to live with by taking someone's life potentially or causing you know major injury um, to another individual, a, a human life? And I think that's what we need to do is kind of really be aware and, and know that even though we're on the road and we're in these metal boxes that inside are human beings and that there's lives inside of those, you know, um, moving boxes. There's, you know, I, I, I was hit by a car as a child. I was lucky that it was a slow moving and I was, it was my fault. I was cutting in between cars, crossing the street, you know, and basically jaywalking uh, in between cars on my way home from school. And I think I was, you know, six, seven years old and the, um, I didn't suffer any injuries. Luckily, I think I just ended up getting a, a, a big bruise on my leg, but it was middle of winter. I was living up in Philadelphia, fully bundled up, you know, big puffy jacket. So maybe that helped as well, but it was, it was also a, a slow moving car where I got hit and I was able to get right back up. But I also know that as a runner, 
that I have run in different parts of town. And I do remember one specifically, and it changed my mindset and, and, and as a runner, is that, um, and like I said, this is not to blame anyone or even you and what happened to you because you, were, you know, can't remember and you don't even know what the situation was, whether you would have even seen the driver. But I, I was running on the sidewalk and there was a car you know, coming to the corner and I assumed because there was a stop sign that I had the right of way. And so I proceeded. The driver did not see me. I'm assuming did not see me and proceeded to pull into the crosswalk and almost hit me. So much so that my hand planted on his hood or her hood, I don't remember. Um, and so inches away from being hit by a car because I assumed I had the right of way. And so I got angry and yelled at the driver. And at the same time, I felt like I also had to take responsibility because I assumed I had the right of way. Even legally, I did have the right of way because there was a stop sign there. They had to stop. But I did not make eye contact with the driver and acknowledge that I saw him, her, and that they saw me. And that in that acknowledgement was an unspoken you know, kind of nod or word that said, yes, it's safe to proceed. So I make it a point now that whenever I run, you know, especially if I'm crossing an intersection, not to go through the intersection, you know, even if I've got the light, but to stop and assess the area and make sure that if there's a driver that I make, I'm making eye contact, that I'm aware. And if there's no eye contact, I'm not crossing the vehicle. So I think as runners, we can do things like that to stay safe. I think as drivers, we need to do the same thing and be aware of, um, of looking in both directions because while we may be turning, let's say, for instance, making a, a right-hand turn on a corner, so we're looking to the left to make sure there's no vehicles coming from the left. And that, and that you know, lane or that road may be clear from vehicles, you know, approaching the intersection from the left, and it's safe to make that right. But there might be a pedestrian coming from the right that you may not be aware of. And I do think it's important to take that as, as let's see, 43 says, take 43 seconds, you know, take the extra time to look around, assess the area, you know, and, you know, and then, and then proceed. And, and so really be kind of, kind of aware of, of your surroundings. So that's my personal take. Like I said, I think as, as runners, we probably have all come across our own experiences or near, you know, um, near accidents, near, you know, vehicle, uh, you know, uh, collisions, um, or even as a driver, we've probably have seen something or have been part of something where like, ah, oh, man, I wish, you know, I almost hit someone or, you know, that could have ended badly. So just to take the extra time. So we'll get you connected with our uh, Marietta store and make sure that you and everyone connected with the Let's See 43 um, can work with our stores. And that way we can help promote um, the 5K when that happens in August. Um, so I'm glad we're getting this episode out here early enough because it gives us time to, to you know, promote the race, promote the organization and to connect and really drive awareness and, you know, uh, get a lot more people into that 5k to learn more about, you know, the Let's See 43 Foundation, but also to know, take that extra time 
to be aware of your surroundings. So before I go, anything that you want to share, anything that you want to kind of tell runners as well and, and as far as advice going forward? I mean, you're a senior, you know, um, and, and now with everything you've gone through, anything that you've learned or would like to share and, and advice you'd like to give others? I think, um, I think mainly like what you were saying, like not only do, you know, drivers need to be aware, it's always good to be a runner and be aware, you know, look people in the eye, you know, don't go if you don't think it's safe to go. There's nothing wrong with stopping your watch for a minute. If you feel like it's not safe to go. Um, I know what sucks off stopping your watch mid run, but you know, sometimes it's worth, it can be completely worth it than just trying to run across the street. So I think both drivers and pedestrians can play a role in this for sure. Well, Carly, thank you for taking the time to, to, you know, share your story. I know it, it hasn't been easy and I know that you're, you know, you're still on your road to recovery. And I, you know, I think myself and everyone that's listening really do hope that you make a, a full recovery as, or as full as a complete recovery as you possibly can. Glad to see that you are still with us and that you can share your story and be an advocate for, you know, you know, let's see 43 and inform everyone else about, you know, this great organization and awareness. So we wish you much luck. And I do hope and cross my fingers that, uh, you will be able to run again, if not competitively, at least for your own enjoyment, because I think it's a, it's a gift to be able to do that, and uh, you know really would would love that uh, that you get the opportunity to do that again and share that gift with others. So thank you so much. Of course, thank you so much. All right, we'll be right back after this break. Big Peach now sells bikes at our Brookhaven and Midtown locations. Big Peach Ride and Run. We help get you into the right bike that fits you and your needs. Many of us enjoy being on two wheels as much as our own two feet. It's not only a great way to stay active and fit, it's also a great way to recover from long runs and have fun. We carry kids, commuter, mountain, gravel, road bikes, and more. No matter what you prefer, with brands like Giant, Live, a division of Giant that makes bikes exclusively for women, and Momentum, We've got whatever bike you're looking for. Stop by and check out the selection of bikes at Town Brookhaven or Midtown, right on Peachtree Street, or view our inventory online at BigPeachRideAndRun.com. And welcome back, everyone. So, I mean, that was, you know, man, I, I, I yeah, I'm, I'm glad to have have had Carly, uh, you know, on on this episode. At the same time, to be honest, I wish I didn't have to have that conversation. I wish that this is something that would not happen, that was not part of something that happens, you know, to, um, you know, individuals as runners, as pedestrians, as, you know, as, as cyclists. Um, we talked a little bit about that in the previous episode, um, 144, when talking to um, Rebecca Cerna with Propel ATL about safety and concerns, you know, and, you know, infrastructure to make uh, things safer for pedestrians and cyclists. Um, the fact that, you know, a, a competitor, someone that she competed with in the same region, um, you know, lost his life because of the same type of situation, you know, is unfortunate, but it's an important message. And I think a great reminder, um, because, you know, right now, as you're listening to this episode, you may actually have headphones on and you may be distracted and that, you know, you know, that's not really a good thing. You know, that should not happen. Um, and, you know, I, I would recommend that, not that you don't listen to these episodes or any podcast, but, 
get you know, items that'll allow you to be aware of your surroundings. You know, you know, we've, I think we've mentioned this in the past, but the shocks, uh, headphones, the bone conduction headphones that you know, open ear that they allow you to be aware of your surroundings so that you can hear a vehicle approaching or a person or footsteps behind you. Um, and just not be completely distracted uh, would be very, very um, beneficial to your safety, to your well-being. Um, so I, I just, you know, stress those things. And, you know, and like I said at the beginning of the episode with a lot of these other things, especially, you know, if you're running by yourself in the dark, you know, these are things that, you know, you should not have to go through. You should not have to have these items. You should not have to think about things. You should be able to go out, enjoy your run. But unfortunately... The world that we live in, that's not really the case. In reality, there are dangers out there and we need to be you know, um, vigilant and we need to be prepared for those types of things. So you know, please do uh, you know, look at those items, see if that's something you're interested in, and please be careful as you're out there um, because you know, something that we love to do for, for enjoyment, for our own mental health, um, you know, we should be able to do that without you know, um, worrying about our, our safety. Um, you know, um, so I'll leave it at that. Um, and as we go into, um, you know, this last part, I wanted to kind of update some things because, you know, right now, as at the beginning of the episode, I I mentioned some things about cycling and just the, you know, spring classics and some big races coming up. Um, and it's interesting because this is the time of the year where we start seeing, um, you know, bike companies or, or, um, you know, you know, new products in the cycling world kind of be announced or hinting of new items coming out that are being spied, um, and, uh, you know, out on these professional world teams, you know, these race teams. And so one of the things that was just released, and this is, uh, you know, it is announced, I believe it's, they're starting to become available is the SRAM, S-R-A-M, uh, it's, it's a company that manufactures components from brakes and shocks and, um, you know, chains and gears and, and, and drivetrain components, but they just announced, um, you know, the Eagle XO and XX, you know, um, derailleur. Um, so it's a universal derailleur hanger. And why this is different is in the past or currently, you know, there's always been this derailleur hanger that hangs off of the bike frame. And it's sometimes it'll get bent, it'll misalign that derailleur hanger, which causes, you know, your shifting not to, um, you know, not to go smoothly. So what they've done and designed is eliminate that hanger, make it directly mount to your frame, make it really strong, and it's easy to install and to set up. And they're claiming that, you know, it shifts flawlessly um, and that it is, strong. And uh, yeah, I think the most unique part of it is that the parts are replaceable. So if anything gets damaged, you can replace the parts of it. If anything gets banged up, they can get replaced. You don't have to go out and buy a whole new derailleur. So it's sort of kind of a modular type, I guess, of design. And um, which means that over the course of the life of that product, it's actually becomes cheaper, um, as far as maintenance, uh, um, because instead of spending several hundred dollars, you know, replacing the whole derailleur, 
um, now you can spend, you know, uh, I don't know what the parts will cost, but less than the cost of a new, de uh, a new derailleur. So it is, right now it's only available for mountain bikes. And that's typically because mountain bikes are more prone to crashes and, and hitting roots and rocks and things coming up or, or crashes that would typically break a derailleur hanger, um, bend it. And so right now it's available only on mountain bikes. And there's, um, if you go to the SRAM website, there's a compatibility of um, bike manufacturers and um, bikes and bike frames that are currently um, compatible with this system. And I was surprised because they just announced it. I've, I didn't, I thought, well, there's only going to be one or two, you know, bike manufacturers that have already signed up and, and are producing this. And it seems like there's a whole list, almost every brand you can think of has um, frames that are compatible with it. So very interesting. It'll, you know, eventually I think we'll start seeing these in road and gravel type bikes and maybe others. Um, I think I saw some hint that Shimano, the other uh, component manufacturer, is uh, also developing something along the same lines. Um, and the um, other one that I just saw, so Team Jumbo Visma, who is one of the big world t tour teams, um, has had a lot of you know wins and have some some big name riders. They're currently testing something which I think is unique, and it'll be a while before we see it on you know, our bikes. But it's an adjustable tire pressure system, which basically means that you can have controls on your handlebar that actually allow uh, you to release pressure on your tire, which means that it makes the tire a little bit softer. So if you're riding things like you know Paris-Roubaix and you hit cobbles, you can actually decrease the tire pressure to make it a little bit softer, adding a little bit of suspension through the tire system. Um, and then once you hit the, you know, the flatter, smoother road, you can then hit a button and increase your tire pressure and maintain it. And supposedly it can even um, automatically uh, fill your tires uh, if it loses air pressure or in case of a puncture or something like that, uh, especially in tubeless tires where they have the sealant on there. So really, really uh, interesting technology that's coming out. It'll be uh, a while before we actually see uh, some of these uh, come into, you know, everyday, you know, bike use. But like I said, really interesting. I'm a little bit of a, of a geek when it comes to technology. Uh, I'm not the first person to jump on technology, but I'm always keeping my eye out for things that, that may potentially make riding a little bit more enjoyable, especially, uh, you know, no one wants to get a flat and, uh, and then not have air and uh, be able to, to fix their tire on the trail. So having something at your disposal already kind of built into the wheel that'll allow you to do that makes things very, very easy to get you back on the road and riding. So um, interesting things there. Um, so I think the next uh, episode, I'm going to talk a bit more about buying a bike. I am outlining some tips, some things that you should consider if you're buying a bike. These are things that I would say are not going to be uh, targeted for the experienced cyclist. This is someone who's just getting into it, who's unsure what they need to do, where to go, what questions to ask, what they should be looking for if they're um, looking to get a bike, you know, kind of like how much money should I spend? What should I kind of bike should I get? You know, these are things that I'm going to cover in the next episode. So until then, uh, keep running, keep riding and keep believing yourself. See you next time. Do you have a story or know someone with a story that can inspire, motivate, or even empower others? Email me at podcast at bigpeachrunningco.com. I want to share your story. Don't forget to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. 
If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with others.